Metal Cough. I have you set your lineup yet for the uh, British Open ham ham the open? I, they call it just the open. I I, I, I did. Although, did you see Mickelson I've tweeted? Ca- what did he say? M- Mickelson tweeted like, "It's always a question: Is it the Open or the British Open?" But in 1923, Henry Higgelson presented the trophy to Marty Marty Martyson, and he called it the British Open. So it goes either way. Just some piece of golf history. I don't know. Watch the YouTube. I'm always confused at. Obviously, Ireland is different than England, but Great Britain, does that encapsulate it all? I, I, I just, they're all one to me, though, watching Shane Lowry, who has an elite Irish accent. Like, if you listen to Rory talk, I maybe he's just been over here for so long. Like, Shane Lowry talks, like, if me and you went to Ireland, which I have to go to Ireland, not just to play golf, it just seems like a cool place to go. Just the scenery... Uh, the pubs, like I really I, I, want to like probably every Irish person I've met, one hundred percent. And all the guys on the PJ tour, they've always raved about their care. Their people love them. A good Irish accent to me, like, is way better than an English accent. Like the Irish accent on the accents might be number one for me. If you could also like, you know, the English speaking accent, like, I'd even put it above Australia. And Australia's pretty good. Like Greg Norman, you know, Adam Scott. Yeah, I mean, Greg Irish Norman's is pretty good. Greg's is great. Irish, is, first of all, you hear it quicker than you hear an Australian accent even. Like I mentioned. You ever seen Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. It was on television. That guy that plays Crocodile Dundee, elite Australian accent. Mick. I Australian's think I, I very Googled. good. Australian's yeah, very good. But, but his is like fresh off the island. I have, a, I have Irish accent fresh in my mind because... I spent, uh, as I told you, the, uh, the the Euro Championship watching it at an Irish bar, and there were some I- Irish soccer fans there, even though they it was Italy and England. And there, I heard some English accents. Didn't hear much Italian, but mostly American Italians, um, from what I from what I observed. But uh, forget about it. But I heard I heard uh, <laughs> I heard of I heard a lot of English accents. I heard a lot of Irish, and the Irish is just so just so good. It's the best. I'd say. Does Shane best. Lowry live in Ireland still? No, he lives, you know, I think, like, Jupiter. Like, his, his like, playing partner where he lives is Kim and Kepka are boys. They had a, they did, obviously, they didn't play last year, so he got to keep the trophy. Part of the deal when you oh, win the, the Open, you keep the trophy for 12 months, and on Tuesday, when you return, or Monday, whenever you show up, your, you hand it back to whatever the governing body is. And he just said, like, the first six months were pretty crazy with the trophy. And they showed this highlight after, like, in this pub. Because he had, remember, when he won it, I think he had lived relatively close to the course. Everyone's drinking. I mean, it was, the party was outrageous. Remember the scene of him I mean, walking down the fairway? It was almost like Tiger at Eastlake or, um, you know, Phil at Kiowa. It was incredible. I need to go And to more Ireland. personal. I, yeah. I would go to Ireland over England, having never been to either. I, if I had to, like... If I had the opportunity, that's yeah. the way I would choose. Yeah, I've heard great, great things. Uh, you know, you get some hit or miss stuff on France, uh, London. You know, people say, "Oh, it's a trip." Ty- Tyler Raber told me that they played St. Andrews, his brother and his dad, 
the only way you can play the pro tees, like the, even if you're a good golfer, like they make it mandatory you have to show like paperwork of your handicap. They do not allow oh, wow. just like if you just like, hey, can I tee off where these guys tee off on this? Yeah. You are not allowed to. Yeah. And it's like a first come, first serve type thing. You like go and wait. Like it's very traditional. That is awesome. It's cool. I mean, it's, awesome. it's just I couldn't very, play there, very but cool. neither could Trey Aikman, also an 18. No, no, you can play. You just have to play the, uh, you know, same with me. You just have to play. Oh, I understand. I understand. It's like uh, anyone can play. They don't, they're not trying they, to slow the yeah, whole operation. The pros down. play. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, to everybody on YouTube, what's up? Podcast is down in the description. Everybody listening to the podcast, we've got the YouTube channel. Go check out the YouTube channel. There's some similar, some separate content there. Uh, we are both ramping up for football season, which will be huge on the YouTube channel and on the podcast. So excited about that. Uh, still a little ways away, but it'll be here before we know it. Um, and here's a reminder. The mailbag returns this week. At the end of the week, you go to iTunes. You leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. That helps the podcast out. Um, in that review, leave us a question. And uh, we're getting close. We're almost to 1,000 iTunes reviews, so we're getting there soon. The mailbag has helped kind of speed that up. So keep that going. Uh, we appreciate it. And again, in that mailbag... I think we, Caller Daddy has like 100,000. Oh, okay. So we're... Do you, at one point, we were probably yeah. had a Caller Daddy before they invented that podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On day one of the pod. But um, I saw a girl wearing a Caller Daddy like uh, hat or something the other day walking around. Yeah, but uh, they're, she's, they're, like, uh, she's like forty-eight. I, told, I, I think probably no. Yeah, uh, Adam, was she? No, no. no. She was early twenties. <laughs> um, but the uh, you imagine like the mom of three who loves to listen to the. I uh, just listen to mom's podcast in the car. <laughs> but I, I think like a lot of forty-five-year-olds that you eventually become like listen to Howard Stern. Absolutely, like, there are going to right age into the, Howard. Totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So oh, reviews. leave us a bar. Yeah. In the, we also like, we, we want to get some momentum on this. Leave us your, your favorite bar, wherever you live. It could be anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, wherever you are, hit us with a bar name. We love to uh, shout that kind of stuff out too. So do that. And then we've also added on the Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page, which is in the descriptions of whatever it is that you're, however you're consuming this. You can also hit us with a mailbag question there. If you've already done the iTunes thing. So I did something yesterday too, on the Facebook page where I loaded the podcast publish the podcast because Facebook has this new service where I think you can listen through there. I don't know. I think you can just, I also just manually load them, but check that out. Okay. I like it. I like it. So get, get some mailbag in for this week. Podcast is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings, our great friends at DraftKings, promo code HAM. There are, as of this recording, live stream, there are a, a handful of spots left in the HAM Open Championship event. Yes, get in it right now. I, I just tweeted out the link. Someone asked for it. That'll be, by the time you're listening to this, unless you're watching on YouTube, it's probably long gone. But just news you lose, get in. We've been doing this for a while, and we're going to keep on doing it. Key with DraftKings, you download the app. They're offering all players a free shot at $5,000 in total prizes with their free play pools. That's five Gs, guy, oh. in total prizes for grabs each game. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that night's game and track your results, which... Teams chase down the crown, and then you get some cash. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You'd know better than me because I don't win very much money. Haberman has about a grand in his in his account. Six forty one ten cents. 
<laughs> so he's uh you know he's doing well <laughs> getting all the action before the season ends download the top rated DraftKings app now you and i've had it forever uh use the promo code ham when you do it free shot at five thousand dollars in total prizes during the finals nba finals no big deal kind of like the bucks come back to win head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes that's promo code ham limited time DraftKings eligibility restrictions apply so draft see draftkings.coms for full details oh yeah and the, the free-to-play pools is big with you know the nba finals um, obviously with, with the, uh, open championship, there's some big, um, if you catch this before the all-star game, there's some big all-star game, uh, games. So get in it there. And then also brought to you by, is, o- is Otani the starting pitcher for Otani the, Otani uh, is the starting pitcher and then he's going to DH. And he's leading off. Uh, I, I don't think he's in this. Is he in the starting lineup and pitching? Yeah. Okay. So then he'll switch to the DH maybe for a second AB is what I read or heard on the I, uh, derby yesterday. Well, I sat down on my desk and flipped on TV and Coward's like opening rant was about. Do you know that Babe Ruth threw a total of thirteen innings for the Yankees? I did know that. I mean, I didn't know it was thirteen, he, but Babe did not pitch very long. Yeah, but he we, we act like he was. It's like Roger Clemens meets Barry Bonds. Like he was not some pitcher the whole time. No, right? Like not doing what Otani was doing. Oh, well, Otani's already had Tommy John, right? Did nobody he have Tommy really John last year. Nobody really. T- uh, I th- I thought he put off surgery or it was and like, rehabbed. Or something. That's what it was. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No one really talked about Babe being a pitcher outside of, oh, Babe pitched a little bit until Otani. But there's just, it goes to show how little comp there is for what Otani's doing. It's like the best comp is like a guy that barely pitched. Well, football is a good example, right? Guys have contributed both ways. Remember Deion Sanders would like, they'd put him at wide receiver and he'd run a go route. It'd be a whole different level. It was like, yeah, he's our starting corner. He's our tight end. Or something like he just plays, but like a high school player, you know, that would be on a completely different level of, yeah, he just, we were in a pinch. He had to play corner. Like that's impressive, but it wasn't like, you know, he's our starting safety and he's our second string running back or so, you know, like, and he plays all the time and he, he had 50 catches and he had 75 tackles. You know, that's kind of what Otani's doing in, it's unheard of. It was never happened in football. It's never going to happen again in baseball. Probably you just don't, you just you just prioritize one. You, technically, a lot of guys do it in high school, right? Yeah, I mean, they he he did an interview. I watched some of his interview before the Derby, and uh, he was really good. Talked to his translator at one point. I guess the tra- like one of the things they're like the translator because Pedro Martinez was there, and Pedro was like fascinated by Otani, like fascinated. And um, he that's what was impressive was seeing Pedro was just fascinated by Otani. Um. And uh, one of the things, I guess his, his interpreter was his catcher in the Derby. And they were like, why is your no interpreter shit. the catcher? <laughs> like, do you need him there to communicate? And Otani was like, no. He was funny. He's like, I just want somebody behind me who's going to be more nervous than me while I'm standing up there. And you could tell, like, at the beginning of the Derby, he was pretty nervous. He could not hit a home run. And I kept yelling at the TV, like, but call a timeout! <laughs> like, he couldn't hit a home run. He kept shaking his head. He was putting his head back. Like, he was... I don't know if embarrassed would be the word, but he was feeling it. And I understand. I mean, all this buildup, we only know half of it. We don't even know the buildup that he feels from his country. And uh, that's what I thought what made the Derby so great is like he looked like he was not ready for it. And he dug himself out of a hole. But I, I saw that interview and I was like, ah, eh, I, I don't know. Like, I think he's going to be nervous today. I, I don't feel good about it after he said, like, I'm going to be nervous. But yeah, I, I think, think that's Japan, the beauty Japan's of the time. Japan's having a hell of a year. <laughs> yeah 
the Masters, Otani, the Olympics. It's going pretty well for Japan. Like they, they are, they're dominating. Uh, the women's Masters, right? Wasn't that the week before the the Masters? Was it the women's Masters, or wasn't there like a double winner? Didn't oh, Japan yeah. win that event like the week before? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think they are. They're kicking ass and taking names. If hell, they should they should ask to play our basketball team right now. They probably beat them. If they, I don't know if they have a, a team in the mix, but we're there to be beat. Oh, I know. The Aussies got us. Anyway, all right. Good. Podcast brought to you by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham the number one. MyBookie.ag Ham the number one, and uh, we've, we'll make some golf bets there. Uh, uh, MyBookie will match your first deposit fifty percent up to a thousand dollars when you use the code Ham one. You can accept the bonus. You can, remember though, if you accept the bonus, you got to bet the full amount before you can withdraw any funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, use Ham one so they know we sent you. Yeah, I mean, we obviously talk a lot about golf and football betting. There is nothing they don't have. When I ordered the fight, or when I was thinking about ordering the fight, the first thing I did was like, I want to go look at the odds. And Connor, the odds were pretty bad on the fight. Like even Connor was like plus one hundred, and the other Dustin was like minus one forty. So I didn't end up betting on it. But there is nothing they don't ever have, and the props they have for the sports are always incredible. I, I really can't recommend their website's really easy to once you create an account, really easy to use. You and I have obviously been using it for years. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. I just actually put a couple hundred dollars in there, and I uh, I sprinkled. Because I was like, you know, I've, I've lost the last couple majors, I, you know, almost $1,000. Because it's like, I'll just bet $100. Then it's like, oh, I'll bet $200. Then it's like, oh, I don't want to leave this out. And this one, I'm just I'm just going to put 200 and I'm going to sprinkle it around. I actually feel pretty good about my bets. Okay. So you want to talk I'm, about them? I'm excited. Can I give you my favorite bet of the weekend? My favorite bet of the weekend. Please. This thing called the Ryder Cup, obviously, is this year. Supposed to be last year. Got pushed off because of Corona. The European captain is a European legend because he's won this tournament multiple times. Three-time major winner, Potty Harrington. Great. If you like golf, he's a good uh, Instagram follow. He like has a golf, I think, holes in his backyard. Yeah. Maybe not quite holes, but he hits it over a fence that also probably his property. Yep. And his dog runs. And a great it. accent. Great accent. And just a beloved play. People love the guy. He has played really well this year. I think sometimes when you're the captain, it's like... It's like... Uh, like when the big guy at the in the NFL knocks, it's like you're going into David the Hall Baker. of Fame almost. Yeah, it's like it's like the crowning of your achievement as a golfer because you you're already really accomplished by that point. It was like you know, Potty Harrington is right off in the sunset. You be the European captain. He finished fourth at Kiowa, guy fourth at Kiowa. You know why? Because what did Kiowa have some similarities to? Irish Wind. British golf, pumping winds, crazy. Do you know who falls apart in that? Americans. Non-Texans, and we'll get into those guys. Potty Harrington to finish in the top 10. I don't think his win equity is great, but the top 10, 11 to 1. I put $50 on that. 11 to 1? This guy just finished top 5 at Kiowa. He's more comfortable over... How many times do you think he's played this course? I would guess a handful. He just, didn't he He's drive? successful in these... I thought I saw... I could be wrong about this. Uh, it feels too long ago. There, there was a major event recently, maybe not a major major... Where I watched one of his Instagram posts, he was packing the car because he was driving. He was like, he had some some over there tea cakes. Yeah, I mean, it would, it wouldn't shock me. Do you, I mean, it's typically this is the one tournament where just older guys can just be a factor, right? Uh, we've seen Tom. Watson I mean, Tom Watson's one of the great. He was fifty four hole playoff. Honestly, one of my honestly most guy, favorite sport events ever. 
I love Lost, Potty Harrington in the top 10, but I also think between these three guys, it wouldn't shock me if like two of them top 20, and that's Stuart Sink, who's played well this year, really well, and Phil, who again, like played well at Kiowa. Why? Because he can do all that shit in the wind. He's not like, he's also an open champion. Like Stuart, I, Stuart beat Tom Watson in a playoff. Do, do, like Stuart Sink, Phil Mickelson, Potty Harrington, do you expect them all to make the cut or at least have a chance? Like, I would say two they? or three. You think Phil runs out of gas or like? No, I just tend. I, I just, I, I, you give me three guys, especially older guys. It to me, it's hard for yeah. all three. Again, it, not that you, one's performance affects the other, but their 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 floor is not as high. If they are off and get it. like Phil could shoot eighty. Right, I mean, he can. He hasn't had one of those moments, but we saw it for a couple of years. It can happen. Yeah. I like Potty Harrington more than both of them, though. I like Potty Harrington. This is like his home. It'd be like, you know, it just you're very comfortable in this environment. Well, another, you know, another guy, an Englishman who did play well at Kiwa, and every time, you know, I feel like he gets ignored, and he's. I've told you this before. He is always in the mix. It feels like is Paul Casey. Who is I think forty four to forty five to one, Paul Casey to win, um, and he finished. I mean he's had some good performances. T three, you know, it's been a while, but he's played well in the open. Yeah, um, but that would be. I, I wasn't thinking of him before, but just listening to your 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 point on Patty, I would include Paul Casey in that. I got to look up his kind of historic. I mean he's played in a, a million opens, fifty seven cut, thirteen ten. Yeah, okay, he hasn't been uh, T three, T eleven. T seven. He's playing it. I like guys that are comfortable in this environment. And he, it's and like I said, he, I think he was fifth at Kiowa. Well, that's why guy. I'm going Lee Westwood. You know, fifty five <laughs> to one. I would put. I, I mean, would I thought Lee right was gonna. It, I thought Lee was gonna win the Stewart Sink year. <clears throat> like, do you think fifty five to one for a guy that has win equity over in this environment? It's easy to go with the Irish and and the Brits and the English. Is that the Brits all the same? Thing? You know what I mean. That, that crew of guys, but you feel good betting on them. Like I, I some of these Americans, I, I could just it could unravel fast. Where these guys, the wind takes it and throws in one of these crazy bunkers. It doesn't phase them as much. They've been they've when they were ten years old, they were hitting out of those bunkers. Right? Another That's yeah, what another they guy grew up on. Written down, John was Tommy Fleet was forty to one. Um, he's played in six open championships. He missed the first three cuts. Since then, he's gone 27th, 12th, and then second. I think if he was second, he must have. Well, was, that was the year after Xander. It was, was when he, 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 yeah, he lost to Shane Lowry. So I think he was finished. Second how about Tommy at 40 to one? Whenever I've been on Tommy, he's never come close. But and whenever I haven't, he's been right. Okay, in the stay mix. away from him. I, I I can never time Tommy, but he has fantastic hair. Xander's played well in the in the open T two back in twenty eighteen. He's he's only played in three, but he's made all three cuts. He's eighteen to one. Yeah, to to me, the two guys would be Xander and Kepka, and I think it's fair <sighs> to say that like I love Xander, but he just doesn't win very often. I where I could see them being you know right there going into Sunday, Kepka Xander on the first page of the leaderboard is Kepka almost kind of being overlooked. Yeah. For everything another... for you saying that he, this is not his speed. Like he wasn't great and still was in the mix at Kiwa. Like it's okay that it's not his speed. This is nobody's speed. What wins? What's going to win the open five yeah. under six under. Yeah. So, so what then it's not Brooks's speed. Can he shoot five under when everyone else is five under? Yeah, I bet he can. So yeah. Yeah. 
and I, I was watching Golf Channel, and they were saying, you know, early Kepka, unlike Xander and like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, that were like, uh, you know, the Tim Lincecums of golf, like they didn't spend like there's no Jordan Spieth corn fairy stories. Justin Justin Thomas spent like uh, six months on the corn. Kepka grinded around the world, yeah, and he's played really well in the Open. So he played well at Kiowa, like. It wouldn't shock me if we look up on Sunday and Kepka's winning by like three or four. <laughs> I mean, he is just built to fucking win. If, of all the favorites, I have a heart. I think Rom's the best player in the world right now. He, I think he is. Actually, I think he lost his world ranking somehow last weekend, and now DJ's back to number one. But he's definitely the hottest player in the world. At six and a half, seven to one. That's that, those odds are pretty terrible, guy. Yeah. I know he's he's he should be the favorite, but. When ha- since you and I have been doing this, when has the favorite been more than double point wise? Like if he's seven and a half to one, and the next starting is sixteen, eighteen to one, that's a pretty crazy gap. Usually, it's like one guy's ten to one, the next guy's yeah. twelve to one, the next guy because when DJ to one. DJ was rolling for you know half a year, but but he'd be nine to one, and the next crew of guys would be yeah, like twelve to one. It didn't feel like he was. Creating a big gap of separation between him and the next group. Uh, I I wrote down before we get to the big dog, and then we'll get to some football. I wrote down Keegan nine to one to top ten. Um, he's I don't I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean he he was eighteenth, nineteenth, fifteenth. He's missed the cut a couple of times, but he's got three top twenties. If he can putt, I mean I feel like Keegan can handle some wind. So it comes down to his putting. But Keegan nine to one top ten. I don't hate that. One guy I don't hate to win. I don't know. I love that I mean, we say not who I love outside of the first one, but who I don't hate. But that's the nature of golf betting. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler, who Texas guy. The one, yeah, they're used to playing in the wind. One thing I remember watching this thing on YouTube about Lee Trevino. He's like, I always felt really comfortable at the Open because yeah. I trained in pumping wind in Texas, where it's kind of a disadvantage for California guys, right? I guess if you grew up in the Bay Area, you might be used to it, but Southern California guys, no wind. Florida. I mean, nothing like they're used to over there. He just played well in, this, in the Scottish Open. I think he's like 45-50 to 1. But my, I think my favorite to win is Lee Westwood at 55 to 1. When you factor in the value, when you factor in how well he's played this year, he I think he, I I read that he's right outside the Ryder Cup. For a guy 48, you know, he hasn't quite, I think you got to be in like the top 8 or whatever to be a lock. He's like 13th. Uh, to me, if he were to just... Hell, if he's a top five, they're just they're going to pick him. But this would be a pretty big moment in his career. All right, and and now Bryson. Let's talk about Bryson before we move off of golf. Thirty three to one. Do you like it? Pretty. Or nice. Do you just not hate it, or do you kind of hate it? Well, we've never seen a number this big with him, right? <clears throat> Since he got, big. I tried to go back and find it. I I not that I found every single one. I mean, it felt like what was he a few weeks ago? Like. Six, wasn't he 16 recently or something like that? And that felt big at Ke- going yeah, into Kiowa. I mean, wasn't he like 11 or 16 or something? Yeah, I remember last year, and like uh, once he kind of came back big and then it was clear he was sweet, he was like consistently 10 to 12 to 1. And that felt right. Like when he plays an American tournament, there would be no tournament in the USA where he would be anything over 20 to 1, right? If he was twenty one, I, I could swear Kiowa started at like eighteen or sixteen. Or does that sound crazy? Does it might sound high there. Well, yeah, because he was playing kind of bad, but that's but that's high for him, yeah. right? Yeah, that's eighteen what I mean. to one. 
Remember, Justin Thomas was at the players. I'm like, I think I'm going to throw a little money on this. This is crazy. 20 to 1 for that kind of crew of guys. He 33 to 1? But it doesn't really feel like a great fit. But it's just, <laughs> Warm, does it? no, I mean, it doesn't. But is Bryson DeChambeau going to win another major? 100%. Like, how many several. guys on this list will you say that? Can you say that against? Because he's in a major. It doesn't yeah. feel, I'd be interested to see if it's if the wind really is howling. New, new caddy on his bag. Um, I guess they've had one event together, right? But did you watch the Instagram thing where the guy jumped in the pool with his bag? No. When they were introducing him, I mean, it was pretty cheesy. I did not. I missed that. <laughs> not because I skipped it. I just missed it. Yeah, you. I mean, you got to be careful with the amount of Bryson content that you let come into your brain. It's kind of a waste. All right, you want to get to some football? Yes. Um, oh, by the way, before we do that, John Hugh on YouTube says Babe Ruth pitched while he was with the Red Sox. He was one of the best in the big leagues. Babe did. The 13 innings, maybe that was a – Babe threw – Babe uh, made 147 starts. Once he got to the Yankees, he stopped. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he, he pitched a lot with the Red Sox. But he had 35 complete games in 1917. 35 complete games. He had 107 complete games and 147 starts. Do you think like when 70, most people, 66, 70%, if you're just casually talking baseball with some buddies over some brewskis or on a Saturday in the pool, when Babe Ruth comes up, is anyone alluding to the Red Sox Babe Ruth? Uh, no. Now, I'd have to do a stat breakdown. I, I would imagine then he accumulated some, some of those stats, right? Like some of those 1,714 bombs. He had to hit a lot with the Red Sox. But he is considered a Yankee. Yeah, he hit... Uh, I mean, the Yankees claim him. How many years he played? He had 55 like, home runs. Yeah, I mean, he was like 26 when he got to the Yankees. So he he hit 50, 55 home runs. He did not... Yeah, I mean, he was... I, so the overwhelming majority of his home runs came his, from the Yankees. The overwhelming majority of his production was as a pitcher for the Red Sox. And then the overwhelming majority of his home runs came as a Yankee. Yeah. So it was like he switched positions almost like the Yankees. Kind of, but I mean, he, he, you know, he had 150 at bats a year, then a 140, then 380. Then he was like an everyday, both 1919 when he hit 29. But he had to hit like 660 plus home runs with the Yankees. Right. Yeah. More. Yeah. Uh, that or 670, whatever the math is. Were they were the, were the Red Sox underutilizing his ability to bat? Yeah, I mean they. It's he was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. So it was which is young, but that was his fifth year in the league, kinda. Uh, well, you could argue, and I'd have to ask like Farhan or Billy, with Shohei, what is more valuable? Do I want a guy that can be my number one starter? But he's not quite like Nolan Ryan or whatever. He's probably not as good as Babe Ruth as a pitcher, but he's damn good. Or be legitimately the best hitter in the league, best power hitter. You could say power hitter is kind of in this day and age kind of diluted. Yeah, I would say if you right? had if you had to find a balance that's not this, you'd go. Let's make him the star hitter, and our closer. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. But would it, once sometimes you do that maneuver, yeah, you yank him out of the lineup, right? You'd have to. You'd lose your DH. But when there is no DH, 
If I if you were Farhan and I said you could either get Mike Trout right now or Jacob Degrom, let's say Jacob was a little younger and he was going to be in his prime, which one would you choose? Trout. You're getting a guy, both of them next year, eight years in a prime guarantee. Trout. Who are you taking? Without the everyday hesitation? player, probably. Now, could you promise like me Degrom? Like I, I, I would just, I just be, feel like you can find those guys I, now. I, Not Mike Trout, but you, you can mix and match. I'd it. be so terrified though. I mean, you look. <clears throat> you see fucking Kyle Schwarber hit like 17 home runs in 20 days Kyle Schwarber's on base is like 340 I checked yesterday I'm like Schwarber's back at the all-star game alright I always like Schwarber uh, do you see how many home runs he hit in like a month it was incredible the stretch he was on how many I mean I, seriously it was like 16 home runs in 20 games he was on a he was on an unreal stretch for so like he got himself games. into the all-star game with a hot hot stretch but i think he i think he pulled his hamstring like i don't i think he's hurt technically right now was he there last night like uh, yeah well i saw him interviewed yesterday on the like pr- during bp or whatever um, but like kyle schwarber is a good example and jock peterson they were just guys to be had so it's like yeah, you would take mike trout but couldn't i just kind of bargain shop and get a guy for 10 million and then have a platooner and put together 40 home runs through two guys uh yeah i mean that's what farhan might tell you but i still need that production in my lineup every day Otani gives well, they you do that. do it. Yeah. I, no, no, I I don't think Otani's quite good enough as a pitcher, and he's damn good, but, like, he's not on those guys' level, right? As a pitcher? Like, he's not DeGrom or Pedro Martinez or, like, Max Scherzer no, in his prime. No. But he's also... But, he's, but, he's, but if he was he on, be like... better uh, next year than he is this year? Who? Otani. As a, as a pitcher? Yeah, I don't know. He, he might just be an elite hitter. I mean, well, he is, but the pit, the problem yeah, with would, the DeGrom, you, you would move just, him to hit him just, for sure. Is am I getting that for nine years? Am I getting it? Well, every they've already fifth got day? it for about five. They've already got it for about five. Am I getting it every fifth day? I mean, there's cost. You know, just pitchers are just always hurt. No, I know. They've had a pretty good run with DeGrom, though. I know. It feels like they're finally maximizing it. All right, um, Cindergard, he run. Okay, uh, is he? <laughs> He's hurt. Let, 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 right. Let's uh, let's get to some football, John. One thing we started thinking about was uh, the Flying Coach podcast, Shanahan, McVeigh, how good it could be for football, not just for you know West Coast fans or Niner fans or whatever you are, but just for football in general because they're young, they're stars. McVeigh certainly, Kyle McVeigh has a podcast and it's a pretty successful one, so they are. You know, it's not Peyton and Tom, like you've always talked about. That's a key rivalry. But the more, I think for any sport, if you were building it from scratch, you'd go, how do we, what do we need to do here? A couple of things you would do is try to build some rivalries. And these two guys having successful teams in the same division for a 10-year stretch coming up here would be really big for the NFL. So we thought, given that backdrop of the conversation earlier this week, it'd be a good time to take a look at the NFC West over-under numbers for this season. Subject to change depending on who gets who in the transfer portal. <clears throat> yeah. You know what's crazy about the Flying Coach podcast? Mm-hmm. Is the original Flying Coach was hosted by Pete Carroll. Right. And obviously Pete when Steve. But then this year with Kyle, Sean, and one of their guests was also Kingsbury. Like it's every single person in the NFC West has been a part of the Flying Coach. You saying you think Shanahan's going to host it next year? I, I don't even know. Shanahan and Greg I mean, Papa? We're, we're, Shannon <laughs> and Tim Ryan. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh yeah, just very, you know, just very right in our wheelhouse. All right. Uh, uh NFC West uh, oh, win totals. Look at these over-unders. I, I've been saying it for a while because we had done a topic, I think, 
maybe three or four weeks ago about the 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 odds to win the division, and it was just it felt like Seattle was getting almost undervalued given their history, and the Niners are everyone I talk to that is in that not in the gambling space, but that gambles is high on the Niners. Like they are a betting, they're a popular team to bet this year. Yeah. Whether it's over unders, whether it's to win the division, whether it's Super Bowl odds, like people think they're going to be good. And you just the Rams and the 49ers had the same win loss over under. Like that's pretty nuts. Guy. That um, that surprised me. And they're higher in Seattle, both of them, obviously. Like if I if I'm just a Seattle fan, I'd be like, if at anything, we're all three equals, right? We have less win loss than the our over unders. What it. Uh, it's one of those things that doesn't make sense to me. Now, gambling's about there's no emotion in this. They're just setting it to what they get people to And bet, it's not yeah, right? it's not a prediction necessarily, right? It's about yeah, trying to create really action. Care. Because what did you tell yeah. I think the the Niners were minus one ninety five if you were gonna bet the over, which again is like, oh damn. <laughs> like they right, which means you gotta bet one ninety five to win a hundred if you were gonna bet over I ten wins. I, well, I think my bookie the Rams at ten were like minus one fifty, which almost feels like I would put the Rams at 11. They upgraded the quarterback. Seasons longer. <laughs> seasons longer. They won that last year with a quarterback who was in shambles. Their coach is clearly very good. There's no question about that. If, if you said, John, you had to bet on... Yeah, but they, the players are pretty similar. One of these teams in the division to win, go 14-3, and three, if I had to put my money, I would lean the Rams over the Niners or Seattle. What if you had to bet the over on one of these teams? Would you choose Seattle then? Yes, but their odds. This is the problem with the over. The odds are a little. But if we just, if in theory, yeah. if they were even, yeah. they would be the bet. That that would feel Seattle nine and a half would feel like the lock of the century to go ten they, and seven. Wait, they're not going to go ten and seven. I know. Remember John Schneider when they went nine and seven, and he's like, it felt like we won two games. Remember that comment? I do. Yeah, that, they went nine and. Do you know what the Niners would do for an off year to go nine and seven? Uh, I do. That's the other thing, and I, we talk about it a lot because I think it deserves to be talked about. Their random years under the Yorks, but under Kyle, have not been good. No, uh, you're wrong. Their random years have been good. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Their normal years have been drafting in the lottery. Yeah. Right. Wiseman. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got Wiseman. They're, well, better Bosa. But, like, they, let's not forget, like, oh, McGlinchey was the ninth overall pick. <laughs> right? I think who drafted ninth this year was like the Denver Broncos. Everyone's like, oh, Denver sucks. They drafted ninth. That was the Niners just a couple years ago. So, like, if the Niners do hit the over here, it's a fantastic season for Kyle, right? That means they're going like 11 and six. I, I, if I told you right now, would they would one hundred would Jed sign a five million dollar check for eleven and six? Yeah, would you take it right now or roll the dice? You would take it. Would people, you would if you're a Niner to. fan listening or watching this, would you take eleven and six or roll the dice that you could go, whatever twelve and five or whatever it, it is? Is there any? Obviously, Arizona would take eleven and six, but would all four of these teams take eleven and six right now? If you just said Pete, I don't, you don't know what games you're going to win, but I'll promise you'll just be eleven and six. Sign here the contract. Yes, the team I hesitate on is the Rams. Like they, the Cardinals, Cardinals would run to the paper, right? The Cardinals would take it. They would sign extensions for Cliff and Steve Kime if you gave them eleven wins right now. My question on Niners the Rams is: like, do they view this season 
like we just got to get to the playoffs and let whatever happens happens. I don't think so. Like I think they think we got to go be the ones. We got to, yeah. You know how many games is New is New England? How many games is Tampa going to win? We got to win one more. Well, I think the one seeds. I'm st- I'm not leery on the Niners, but I cannot just put them in the conversation till about October and we see something. To me, the one seed is between three teams. It's New England, Tampa. Uh, it's Green Bay. Now that it's pretty clear Rodgers is stuck. <laughs> and the Rams. Like, aren't those the three best teams? And again, it's even a projection with the Rams. They, they have a new quarterback. Like, if Rodgers, just, if everything was normal, I think we would view the one seed as like a two-horse race. Like, Tampa now has understands like the team the chemistry but green bay is going to be really good like they were really good last year it's yeah. not like Aaron's they were better last this year, year. Yeah. way better I, even though they had technically the same record right as they did the year before not as tampa they were i mean green bay was the one seed but tampa part of the reason they won the wild card lost some weird games early in the season tom and bruce weren't on the same page like they're all on the same page and they brought the whole fucking team back are they just the heavy favorite to be the one seed yeah. I mean, they are the heavy Tampa. favorite, and they should be the heavy favorite. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? I, I mean, Se- I, Seattle, I, I would probably take the over on all three. Seattle, Rams, 49ers. Yeah, I... I, I, I can see the Niners going 10-7. I mean, look, we talk about it like it's the best division for a lot of reasons, so if it's going to be that, then it's going to be that. Um If the Niners' number was nine, the reaction would be, that's a little low, right? Just to go back to the point I made at the beginning, that I, I shouldn't be surprised that it's ten. Because if you told me the number was nine, that'd be an easy over bet, right? On the 49ers. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, I mean, a ten, which is really, you know, ten is the old nine, kind of. Not really, but kind of, nine and a half, right? I'd say 10's the new, yeah, I, I do half. And it'll be interesting to see this year just how we feel looking at some of these records that are 10 and 6 and, or 10 and 7 and, you know. Why, to me, the record that's going to suck and is 7 and 10's seven seven and ten. going to feel like the old 6 and 10. And that's just, ugh. people get fired 6 and 10. 7 and 10 might feel like 5 and 12, right? 7 and 10's going to be ugly. Even though it might actually be like, God, the team was pretty I watched it win 7 games. Yeah. Why does this feel yeah. weird? Well, they lost 10. They played a lot of games. Yeah. No, I think you could take the over on all those three on those three pretty reasonably because again, on the Niners, the Seahawks is obvious, the Rams is obvious. The Niners maybe we're overly critical of them because we talk about them all the time. Um, but if it was 9, that would feel like value. So okay, over there, would it shock you if Arizona won 9? 8 feels like the number for them, but well, seven. Not everybody can win all their games. I mean, that's the other thing. The same <clears throat> well, <division>. no, <clears throat> but I, I think it's clear that this is the on paper. This is the best division in football, and best divisions in football sometimes do get three teams in, and like the not they got two teams in last year pretty easily. And if Arizona hadn't shit the bed, they would have three teams. Like they easily with the Niners being a disaster last year, <clears throat> could have had three teams in. And really, they should have, right? I mean, it, it took a disastrous finish for the Cardinals to go 8-8 eight and eight and the Bears get the spot. Like, the NFC West was in the driver's seat with the Niners being a, a dumpster fire to have three teams in the playoffs. And that was with weird stuff going on. So it's like... Yeah, meaning it can... Now, you could argue weird stuff happens in football. Guys get hurt. Yeah, but I mean, you could argue then by that point, three teams from this division will make the playoffs 
even if only two of them hit their over numbers here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right, even if Seattle's nine or if the Niners are nine. Well, I also think you look at it, you go, I think the Saints are a question mark. They're no longer a lock to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the Packers on paper are a powerhouse, but there is some simmering. Like, is Aaron going to be really, really weird this year? Like the entire time? Like make it awkward? Or is he so good it won't matter? Is that your stance? So my stance is he might be pretty weird this year, but how different will that be once they're in the environment than normal? Um, I mean, he was on. He, he 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 was not talking like trading stuff till really the end of the season, though. Like, what if he just all season like, oh. yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen next week. Like, yeah. he could just zero. Shit I don't see it going to that level. I think maybe if it's weird, it'll be more weird, kind of behind the scenes than him saying, "I don't know where I'm going to be next week." That's if it goes to that level. That's Antonio Brown almost. Maybe, up. maybe not next week, but just like every week. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, just keep. You know, just doing his. thing. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't think that it would get exhausting for him. I don't think that detracts him necessarily. I do think how many are these? Is this team just going to keep winning thirteen games every year? Like that's my thing with them. Even with well, their division kind of sucks. I know, but I is it so Matt Lafleur just is going to be like forty nine and six. Over well, yeah, a three I mean, years, forty nine and nine. You were an NBA. If you were an NBA coach, and I hand you Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you're just going to win. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to win championships, but you're going to win games. Yeah, but different sport. You have though. Aaron Rodgers playing like he did last year. If I tell you he has a season like last year, what's their floor? Twelve? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just too good. He's the best player in the league if he does. That. I, I'm so I'm just a little iffy on them. Not them being okay, good, but, but them being great. So that's a playoff team. Tampa's a playoff team. I guess the NFC East has to get one. Right. Like there, there aren't that many. Like the Saints, Minnesota, a lot of question marks. Bears, who knows their quarterback? Like it's kind of wide open there for three of these teams to be right there, and the talent on paper definitely speaks it. Same, honestly, same with the Cardinals. I think we just hesitate with the offense and the kind of the structure of the coaching staff. And watching them last year kind of wear down. But they, we all acknowledge their talent is. If you told me they win, they go three and three in the division. It's very believable. That's where I think they're such a bizarre team, right? Because we watch them play these three teams and they belong. Yeah, like they could. Even, I don't think the Niners or the Rams or Seattle are locked to split. You know, beat sweep not those, get swept guys. Right? Even some, somebody. Yeah. I mean, are they going to sweep somebody? Probably not. But if you told me they were three and three they, right now, I'd believe that they play everyone tight. Which means they probably would have to sweep somebody. I don't think they'll split with everyone, but they could. I mean, what if yeah. Kyler gets better? Right, that's something we don't really account for when we talk about them for next year. It's possible. We always go the other way with young quarterbacks. Like, what if the game adjusts to them? Well, what if they get better? Yeah. Um, let's tell the people about our friends at Decked. Decked.com slash ham. Decked.com slash ham for free shipping. Uh, we've talked to the folks at Decked. Maybe some of you have already checked out the website. It makes organizing, accessing, protecting, and securing everything you need and the better your pickup. Oh, a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> yes, it does. Deck.com slash ham. Here's what Decked does. It has a t- true 2,000-pound payload capacity floor. So you put it in the bed of your truck. It has the drawers to keep everything you possibly need. Over 200 pounds of whatever you got. The drawers r- roll out waist high, giving you easy access. And you can place things up to 2,000 pounds on top of them. 
So it's not like, well, I can't place anything. No, it doesn't change a thing. Deck drawer system keeps your gear secure. It's out of sight. No one can even see it. Here's the thing, though. And this they told us this, and it's obviously here in the read, but we personally talked with Deck, and they said, listen, there's a three-year warranty, Yeah. but every single person that we've ever dealt with as a customer, we've never turned them down for a warranty. Because you know why, guy? They're made in the United States of America. We like companies that are all United States. 100%. Not, no, no outsourcing, guy. United States of America. Tried and true. Each of Deck's two full-length bed drawers, bed-length drawers, you said 2,000 payload on top. Inside, you can carry 200 pounds, whatever you got inside the drawers. Um, and uh, uh, you can even do some of the tailgate stuff that we've heard about, right, where you Ugh. pull those drawers out, you put a bunch of ice in it, you put the beers in it, and you you know drive to Allegiant for the Garth Brooks concert. Or you uh, yeah. drive to the parking lot at Coors for the All Star game, or hell, I mean, let's make the pre let's like let's make the preseason count this year, John. Only three games, so you got to maximize your preseason tailgating. I don't know if the tickets are any cheaper in the parking lot for the preseason, but who cares? Uh, the tailgate is coming back with a vengeance this year. With that, we know, and uh, the decked drawer system can help you with that too. So no matter how you're going to use it. Decked has a full line of segmented storage organizational accessories like various toolboxes, bags, cargo tie-downs, other handy items for maximum efficiency of space and time. Get your deck drawer system at deck.com slash ham and get free shipping. That's decked.com slash ham and get free shipping on your decked drawer system at decked.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared. With meat in the freezer, when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go... Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Wasn't the beef with Allegiant is there wasn't great tailgating? 
but the ingress egress was fantastic which if you've ever been there you can tell it's it's actually a good spot right it's right on the corner of the freeway i did a game I, there I thanksgiving weekend would you park i walked they had to stay at the hotel like two blocks away so i just walked very easy okay. there were some big parking lots um but again i don't know the whole but i remember my cab driver driving from the uh it was the college football game driving from the airport told me there's a spot on the bridge on one of the bridges i don't know all the i don't know if it's las vegas avenue or whatever but there's one little overpass where you can see into the stadium at night through the glass that's windows. pretty sweet that's pretty now badass. i don't you know you'd have to stop traffic but um but yeah it's got a good ingress egress keep the tradition alive of the coliseum ingress egress that's the best thing the coliseum ever had it's it's the Coliseum was elite at the Ingress Egress. A's game better than the Raiders game. Early in the season, Raiders game a little. Yeah, I mean there were people, could be a wait time. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. at the Raider game, but um, very spoiled going to an A's game. You know, you're only battling 4,500 people. There you go. Get your and you actually only have you maybe only six more months of that, right? They're falling, Mark. Uh, I think there's a few more years though before they can get out of their uh, their deal. Oh, gotcha. Uh, you could buy out. Yeah, I don't, uh, you can just leave. Have somebody pay your buy, pay pay the pay the rent the other place. It, can you Airbnb it? That's a great question. <laughs> Put in some new furniture. You that's see a Drake sublet took though. A date. That's a sublet though. You see, Drake took a uh, date Dodger Stadium empty. Do you Was think that just like the meteorologist the up in the or like the traffic guy in the helicopter that took that photo? Uh, I, I would imagine the way the Hollywood elites, they tip people off. But there was a question. Right? Well, yeah, you would think. You would at, think. But at his point, at his, like, why would it even matter? I think it was, did you see people were saying it, it was the woman from the basketball game, like one of the players. Remember, he went to the basketball game, went to a couple of basketball games. I don't know if it was LeBron's Is she a team. mom? Is that why he's been going to the games? Makes sense. With Michael B. Jordan. You got to put two and two together. Okay, he's got Grainy a lady photo, hard to tell. Maybe in the, the internet group. by now knows if that was her or not. But. I could s- make sense. It's like, why does Drake keep going to these fifteen-year-olds basketball game? Well, he's dating one of the moms. <laughs> we're trying to. Yeah, we're trying. I to. thought I saw that photo and I thought, if you're going to be a bartender, you have to this has to be an incredible gig. You make no drinks, like two drinks every twenty minutes. The tip is probably going to be insane. The story is probably phenomenal, right? There's a, there was a guy yeah. tending the bar. For two Where was the bar? It was just set up on the side. You know, like Drake, oh, if you didn't see the photo. I, I didn't click on the picture. Oh, yeah. If you didn't see the photo, Drake had like a, there was like a table set up right in front of the Dodger dugout where like the dirt. Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah, yeah. But then off to the yeah. side is like a little, like you would see at a wedding, like a, you know, a satellite bar set up. And there's just a bartender there. I assume, unless he had all the food back there, maybe that's what he was doing. I don't know. And then the photo I thought was taken from like a helicopter from somebody flying over. Like a, the traffic news helicopter guy or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Maybe they were just flying by, checking out the traffic. And they were like, Dodgers aren't playing. Why are the lights That's on? That's the impression I got from close. the guy's photo. Because he was because yeah. it was just the guy. It wasn't like some TMZ photo. It was just the guy like, flew over Dodger Stadium. Here's what I saw. That makes sense. You're right. Because I was, I was like, like oh, why would Drake need to like TMZ? Sell that picture if, to TMZ. If anything, he wants a quiet night. Yeah. So it's not everyone's money hungry guy. He rented out the Dodger Stadium and still couldn't get a quiet night. The helicopter. If you had to guess, what, what what would you guess that costs? Six figures? Um, you know, it's a great question. I mean, you didn't have to. A lot of times, if you're going to rent out a big space, right? Part of it is you have to pay for the security. You have to pay for some vendors, right? Like if you and I were going to have a charity softball that. tournament there, we'd have to pay for some yeah. other people. You know, he might just text Magic and be like, 
Yeah, thirty bro, grand. Just leave it open. Just yeah, fly in. <laughs> leave it <You're> open. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, since we started talking about uh, the Coliseum, it's a good chance to talk about something we saw at uh, in Tahoe when a fan asked Mahomes, basically said to him like, "Watch out, Herbert's coming," and Mahomes was. Mahomes' reaction was, I'll believe it when I see it. And I loved it. Kind of a competitive, just a good competitive reaction from Mahomes. Uh, so is it Herbert versus Mahomes for the AFC West? Do you have the uh, – I've got him here too. Do you have the uh, the over-under win totals there for the AFC West in front of you? I, I do. And, and unlike the NFC West where everything was relatively close, the skews. Uh, and clearly it should, right? It's a top-heavy division. The best team in the AFC the last three years has been the Chiefs, and their over-under is 12 and a half. And that feels right. Like, honestly, you can count on one hand the games they've lost over the last 24 months. They, they don't lose very often. Actually, the Raiders beat them, right, last year. It was one of their, I guess they mailed in that last week, but they were basically a 15-1 and team last year. Uh, so 12 and a half, I don't know about you, I would take the over on Yeah, I would like too. They, to me, would you be shocked if they don't win 14-plus games this year? 14-3? and three? If Yeah, feels about right. Yeah. Depends how far, how big the lead in the AFC West is by the time we get to the end of the season. But Tennessee, Indy, Buffalo, Miami, Pittsburgh, Baltimore—they're uh, going to have to keep winning. So Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's. I think there's a good logic there. Char- Chargers were charges were filed for the Uzis uh, and the Lamborghini. He's in a little trouble. Frank Clark. Uh, Frank Clark. <laughs> yeah. Now, so twelve and a half feels right. The thing that really jumps out to me, though, because we've dealt with this when we talk about the Raiders the last couple of years, like when you do the win losses, even in the season, right? If you're like five and three, you go, well, we, we'll easily be five and three the second half of the season, be 10 and six. We're going to beat the Broncos and the Chargers. We have seen when those three teams play each other, it's a coin flip game, right? The, whether they're good or bad, Denver can beat the Raiders. The Raiders can beat Denver. The Chargers can beat the Raiders. The Raiders can beat the Chargers. Like Chiefs beat them all. Yet those three teams just kind of beat each other up. Yet somehow the Chargers, who have a new coach who's been in the NFL for five years, who's been a coordinator one year, their over-under is nine. Now, I think we all acknowledge their talent on their team. They have pro bowlers at all these different positions. They have more high-end talent than the Raiders. But, like... They won seven last year. Which is, I think most people... What would you... If you just ask a random football fan how many games the Chargers win, they would go under that, right? Yeah. Where it felt like the Raiders were closer to 10, but they actually went 8-8. Eight and eight. But they have the lowest over-under of the bunch. Is that kind of crazy to you? That surprised me, yeah. I thought Denver would have a lower number. Um, and it wouldn't have shocked me if the Chargers did. Now, the Chargers, it does feel like they'll be a popular team to bet to win. Like, I think people, just given Herbert, given the talent. Um, I think it's the quarterback first and foremost, because they've had the talent the last several years, right? They think Herbert's a star. The coach is such an unknown. Now, maybe it's just like not. You know, everyone thought uh, McVay was an unknown. Not. Everyone thought LaFleur was an unknown. Not. Legit. So maybe you just you roll with McVay until he sells you um, a lemon. Uh, but, you know, I <laughs> seriously, right? He hasn't sold yeah. a lemon yet. Uh Belichick's great, but he sold some lemons in terms of assistant coaches becoming head coaches. So, you know, I, from that standpoint, like if you really believe in Brandon Staley, the way that, uh, uh, you know, Peter Schrager believed in Sean McVay, the story he told to, I think it was Aikman. I was telling everybody, if they let him interview, he's going to get hired. And he was right. Then, then that's kind of an easy number, honestly. 
right? In some ways, if you really believe in Brandon Staley. Well, that's the way this guy's talked about. He is, remember, Lewis loves him. You know, talking to him through Monday Night Football. Sean McVay loved him. Vic Fangio created him, like hired him out of no, out of uh, whatever the school is that, you know, Josh McDaniels, oh, yeah, they all the come Ohio from Ohio. School. William and, not William and Mary, but that's, you know, uh, John Carroll, I think is the that's school. That's right. So it's like, this guy is thought of, the difference is McVay had been in the league a while, right? Been, McVay, when he got hired, been in the league almost a decade, had worked for Gruden, had worked for Mike Shanahan, worked for Jay Gruden. This guy... I don't know. I mean, I, I get it, and I love the quarterback. Who doesn't? I would say that both the Raiders and the Chargers and the Broncos, if I was doing this, I'd put them all at eight, and one of them will probably end up, not one of them, Chargers or the Raiders probably end up hitting 10. See, I, I think... But I, I do I do think the Raiders are a little low at seven. I think that I, eight, to me, nine feels low if you go, well, I'm going to bet on the Chargers to win 10, but then I think eight can feel, eight can feel too low pretty quickly. I think with the Chargers, given that they won seven last year, they they could not finish games. They could not. I went back and watched the, was it the Steeler game? No. Who did I tell you they were playing? Falcons. Could not get a field goal off with 30 seconds left from the 10-yard line at the end of the half. So they, they were a mess. But there's but there's no guarantee that like Brandon Staley can just pull the shit no, off. No, there's right? not. And there's no guarantee that things don't take a step back before they take a step forward, right? That happens sometimes where you go, you can't just look at a player. You and I love Justin Herbert, love him. But you can't look at a player and go, he threw 28 touchdowns last year. Great. He'll throw 35 this year. That's just not how it works, right? It might go that way, but that's not, it's just, you can't assume that. New offensive coordinator. I mean, there's just new coaches. But just change. Yeah, but what if the he, league changes. what if all the players go, no, this guy's the man. Like all the defensive guys, all the play, you know, game management, like this guy knows what he's doing. He's just a savant. He's, the same way players talked about Kyle Shanahan. And the other thing is, De- like, Denver? Oh, their defense me, is going to be... Their receivers... Yeah. Drew Locke? Teddy Bridgewater? Going to win nine I'm games? In the, again, they're play, no. they play in the AFC. AFC. Half of the AFC is really good. I would have put their number, like, six and a half. <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think they're going to be very good. But I, I know that... You know Let's who we just, didn't mention, by the way, talking about the AFC? All the teams we listed? Who? Bill's team. It, it, the AFC is loaded. So even if I throw Denver out, here's what I know. Everyone expects the Chiefs to win. They're more than likely going to win. They feel like the lock to win this division. John Gruden, year four. Year four. Turned it all over. It feels like several times. Got rid of all the offensive linemen this year. He cannot. The Chargers can't finish ahead of them. He has to finish second in this division this year. Or else, like, this Gruden experiment, we've already, I mean, this the first three years has not been great. That would be pretty devastating. To have one year Brandon Staley and boom, they're already better than you with a brand new coach. Yeah. You agree with that? I do. Like, even if you miss the playoffs, but you go 10-7, and seven, the AFC's so good, and it was like took 12 to get in or something crazy. If the Chargers win more games than you, that would feel like, God, you guys are kind of just stuck in, in mud. You're going nowhere. Yeah, unless the Chargers come out and win 13 games and you win 11, and you go, well, you're better. Good job being better. It sucks that you're now you're stuck behind Kansas City and them. But at least that'd be progress. Like, that's the one thing when I look at this number. The Raiders won eight games last year. Only the Jags and the Lions gave up more points than the Raiders did last year. And they won eight. So... How do you have all new offensive linemen, right? Beside the left tackle, but I, I will say, like, 
that's that's a major factor. But I will say that the offense is not, you know, if you told me what do you believe Gruden can do, I believe he can put together a pretty competent offense. I do too, but my point is that, like, whether you're a great GM, whether you're a great coach, sometimes you believe in an offensive lineman, but until, like, the guy has to play a lot, then all of a sudden it can just be eye-opening right away, like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. And it's not something they've dealt with. We know one guy guy can throw you off. And it's not something they, in this, like, in the Raiders can have some success era, Del Rio on, they've always had a really talented offensive line for the most part, right? My question, my question with the defense guy is how can they make like a dramatic jump? It's not like all of a sudden, you know, they got seven new guys. I mean, Yannick, yeah, he's fine, but he was traded multiple times last year. Clearly not as good as the hype. Now, and they, and remember they ended up getting him for not that much money. So it's not like they think he's like some $70 million player. So even if he gives you 10 sacks, that'll be way better than what you had. But who's making all the tackles past the defensive well, the line, line? Yeah, the linebackers right? thing is still a question. And the defensive backs. Like, okay, you drafted a bunch of guys. Like, can John, they, There's just a lot of question marks with their back seven. And their front four is like, Yannick's just going to save the day? But we're not asking much here. This number's seven. No, I, well, I think the over's a lock. But, no, it's legitimate. Though. But I, I think the way the Raiders are talked about, it's like, we're, we're in year four of this $100 million experiment here, right? And it's still an experiment. Yeah. Honestly, it's that's an embarrassing number. That that's the way you're thought of. That was not the plan. And this is where I give credit to the guy that does an iron shirt. He he realized they needed a star to go into Vegas. And he was right. And John is a huge star. And in fairness, there was a lot of hype between him and he resonated with the Raiders. Like I I give I admire that. He did the opposite of what a lot like Dean Spanos, you couldn't pay him to do that. He wouldn't, even though if Dean would have just got Lincoln Riley, not that it would have moved the needle that much in LA, it would have been a really big deal to go out Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley. He never would. Mark was trying to do that, and he, I give him credit for doing it. He, maybe did he get taken advantage of a little bit? Like, I really want to be a Raider, but 10 years, 100 million. Well, so you, you wouldn't coach for like seven years, 70 million? You need 10, 10, 100 million? Yeah, but he won the bid. Not going he won the bid. You give him credit. A guy, it, yeah. to your point, plenty of other people have talked about. Is this the year somebody can get John Gruden to come out of the booth? He did. And then once you do it, like, I give him credit for, like, you, once you do it, you just got to let John be John, right? Just let him do it. It's, it's Did John know McDonough right wasn't coming back when he took that job? No, uh, I don't think he did. Remember, because McDonough, because we knew before Monday Night Football was done that John was leaving the booth. Do you think John left the booth because he got tired of the booth or more because he had itch to come back? Or were they both kind of I don't know. I hadn't really thought of that until just now. Maybe they were connected. Cuz I only because I read some of the McDonough stuff, it didn't it wasn't enjoyable for him. Maybe it wasn't enjoyable for John. Um because to your point, those, took maybe you just get bored. Million. You've been doing it you've been doing it a decade. It took 100 million. But you you Well, he was making a lot, right? So it took 10 years. He was the making 10-year 10. numbers more than the 100 million number cuz 10 million My question is like he well he, he you couldn't get him for 770? And I'm not blaming. Right, right. You were going to have to pay him ten million a year, right? Yeah. So you couldn't. Seven seventy wasn't going to get it done. The problem is Monday Night Football. He basically had a lifetime contract, and he was only going to get raises. He was only going to get raises for the rest of his life on his lifetime Monday yeah. Night Football contract, right? So he's they like, "All right, they're paying me ten, him. and it's a lifetime deal." And then when Stephen A. signed, he would have got another. He would be making fifteen. Would you say John was the biggest broadcasting star for like the last five years in sports? Yeah, man. You look at this guy right here, man. 
Would McVeigh be bigger if he came into the booth? Could McVeigh? I start thinking if the Rams miss the playoffs, would somebody hire McVeigh into the like? It's easy to put a guy on a set and have him be an analyst pre and post game. We see it all the time, right? Saban will be there for a game if he's not coaching the championship game. Nick, <laughs> rare, but Nick will be there or Dab, whoever, right? Like you can do that. Jim, Jimbo's done, yeah, they all. But would it. would they? Would somebody bump an analyst for McVeigh? on a game because those are only the best the highest level crews maybe on a wild card round or something maybe you stick them in a booth with somebody else that's what you do is you take a two-man booth and you would put sean in as the third guy but you're saying if they you, oh you're not acting like he got fired or anything you're just saying he was just available let's just say the rams just- <laughs> have lost maybe it's the nfc championship game and the rams lost the previous round could you put mcveigh in the booth for that i think the problem is in mcveigh's spot PR, unlike in college, it matters like to do that. In NFL doesn't mean a goddamn thing. If I'm Cronky, and I think he makes like 10 to 12 now, he got in a huge extension after a couple of years ago. If you're Sean, like you miss the playoffs, your owner just spent $6 billion, Like you kind of just got to be in the office. You know, I, I mean, I think they clearly have a good relationship. Remember Sean went with them to Denver for, for some, for Nuggets playoff games or something. Um, if I maybe part of this is like, have you already won a ring? Maybe you couldn't do it this year, but like, what if you've won a I ring? Think you've the, had a lot of success. You agree if the, if they if they went like eight and nine after the trades they've made, and then he was, it'd be like, you know, where are your it'd priorities be, it'd at? It'd be tough. Yeah, you'd have, maybe if he's making a lot of money, but yeah. maybe in a little, uh, it's okay. So I'll rephrase. After he's won a championship, or like it's like it is clear he's there for as long as he wants to be there. You know, Pete Carroll style, but you get bounced, you have a down year. Maybe your quarterback's hurt. It's totally explainable. Because one thing listening to his podcast with Peter is unlike most coaches, I, I don't know if that's true. Maybe I don't want to. He clearly like he is just a naturally curious guy. He's interested in the way some of the media stuff works, broadcasting like he he's just I, whatever. I would imagine whoever walks up to McVeigh at a party and starts talking. McVeigh's just interested in whatever that person does. If they're a brain surgeon or a broadcaster or in charge of public transit or whatever. So like he he when I listen to him talk I I I do think it interests him I just don't think it interests him more anything anything interests him more than football interests him being a football coach interests him well, that's where that's where I think him and Gruden are pretty similar though you know like Gruden who changed teams now he was traded let's say in a couple of years Sean it just doesn't go well let's say the Stafford experiment blows up and they don't make the playoffs for the next several years. And for whatever reason, it's just like knock down, drag out with Kroenke, he gets fired. There are teams lined up to get him, right? He has enough equity built up. He could have a couple terrible years and people are still immediately hiring him, correct? Correct. So, because we agree that if he just was fired or quit, Monday Night Football would offer him $10 million immediately. They would just make By then, I think it would correct? be more than 10 Or whatever the number, but... They, would, they wouldn't hesitate to just make him their lead analyst to do Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. All these networks would line up for him. I guess Romo and Aikman are pretty safe. Aikman left, Fox would offer him. But is like to me, does he have another... Assuming the Rams' worst case goes bad, is he coaching another team before he does broadcasting? I think it'd be one of two things, right? He does it for one year the whole time with his eye that he's coming back. Maybe there's not a job. Just to take a deep, just to take a deep yeah, breath. Yeah, or maybe just he doesn't love... Maybe, you know, he can be picky and he's being picky and the whatever. However it aligns doesn't quite line up. Now, you would think 
if he's available, there's teams out there that would probably fire their coach for him. But let's just say, you know, it could be, it just doesn't wouldn't some, line up. Wouldn't some major, major universities probably make some incredible bids for Yeah, him? yeah. Um, what would USC offer maybe him? Maybe he honestly? would just stay in LA. Does he want to be the, you know, I don't know. No, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, it. there would be some jobs. Yeah, it wouldn't, hell, so, USC to calls answer you your listen. question, it wouldn't surprise me if he did a one-year, then is back. But I could also see him having a really hard time being out and knowing that about himself. I think there is something special about being the head coach. And it's like, Mike Tomlin, he'd be incredible on TV. He's the head coach of the Steelers. You know how awesome that job is? Because I think Tomlin, the way I heard you describe, I think their personalities, it's just an age gap. I bet Tomlin is closer to way more people in the media than anyone would know. That he just has like legitimate relationships, talks with, he just probably has more relationships with people. That, and I bet Sean Payton's a lot like this too. But these guys, like, they get to be the head of the table at a job that pays them 10 to $15 million. And there's a juice that gets them going on Sunday that, that cannot be replicated by even close. And the difference is as a player, because Troy Aikman talked about this, as a player, like, you're always playing, and then you get out of it. These guys, Tomlin, McVay, their careers either ended, right, for all, both those guys, like, after college, and they've just been in this mindset since they were, like, 22. It's kind of all they know. Right, the coaching. Sometimes the players, you have a gap. Some players get back into it like Vrabel, but they get to kind of pick and choose and see. These guys, once their career ends, they just become a GA and it just off to the races of their coaching life. Yeah. So you're just, it's like Andy Reid, all he knows from the moment his career ended at BYU is coaching football. Whether it started at Junior Cup, Pat Hill was like, like the moment they're 22, 23 years old. And then by the time they get to 60, 65, like, they don't even know anything else. Now, everyone's personality is different. But, like, I bet if you looked at, brought up Pete Carroll's Wikipedia, the fucking guy, beside the one year off when he got fired from the NFL before for USC, and remember, that was like he had to do some big introspection. He just went around. What did he do? Talk to other coaches, you know? He it tried was just, to make himself a better coach. That's all he's done for, like, 45 years. Yeah. Well, what would McVeigh if McVeigh called Aikman and said, Troy, I'm thinking of doing the TV, or should I take another coaching job? Troy, I think, would tell him, be a coach. Yeah. Troy basically says, like, you know, if I wasn't a single dad, I'd probably have done this earlier, but I didn't want to. I mean, Troy, you know, Troy's make and Troy said, there's most people on earth would want my life. So I, I got to remember that, but he still burns to be competitive. Well, think about who had the life was Lynch, all American guy. Everyone loves him. What would you guess Fox was paying him? Seven figures, yeah. right? A couple million dollars. Lived in San Diego. Would have one day been a Hall of Famer. Was clearly kind of trending to be in that mix. Obviously, I guess he would have got in either way. I don't know if being the Niners GM helped him. Had the life, had the world by the balls. Made big money. Had an incredible career. Made big money. Everyone loved him. Could probably, it was easy to get, if he wanted a business idea, he could have like 10 meetings with a blink of an eye. Didn't hate the guy he worked with. Burkhart's universally beloved in the industry. Loved it. And just was losing sleep. Like, I got to do this. Was like, John, can I come in and just sit on your meeting? No, he was like, hey, Mike, can I get your son's number? I want to give him a call. I mean, I don't know if he asked Mike. But I'm saying before that, remember how he met Adam Peters? He just like, John, let him sit in on the draft meetings and they put him next to Adam Peters. He just was sitting there because he was bored because he missed it. That's where, that's why, Middlecoff, do you miss it? No, but I never, those guys, 
they're just so much farther in the deep end of the addiction. Like they're addict. If you're John Lynch and you had that life, can you imagine? Obviously, the Super Bowl year was awesome, but the other years of the injuries, the agony, the lost sleep, the dealing with miserable Kyle, that you did not. You are signing up for that, right? That's kind of crazy. You you are actively signing yeah, up. For it's that. a drug. When you know another life. I get like Andy doesn't know another. Even Howie Roseman, it's all he's done, right? Parag, right out of once graduate school, he's just been in the NFL. It's like all you know. The moment you take a step back, that's what's pretty crazy. When you can take a step back, and then you come back, I have a lot of respect for that. That's true love. Like John didn't get back into this for the money. Neither even Gruden, even though he kind of did. But like no one discredits John's love. John Gruden Gruden's love of football is not right? mailing it in just because he got a blank check. You know, no, he's it's not what Kyle it. Shanahan said when he talked about on that po- not to keep talking about the podcast, but um, when Lynch called him, he's like, part of the reason I was comfortable with him is because listening to him, I believed what he told me about why he wanted to come back because he loved it, football, and he needed it because they didn't have that many interactions. Um, it's kind of crazy in hindsight that Kyle, who had done all this planning for how he was going to take a job. It's got to be a top five quarterback. It's got to be a good organization. It's you know recent success. Blah blah blah. The job came along, and he took one without a top five quarterback, and then he paired himself with a guy who he you know thought very highly of, but was very unproven as an NFL executive. Completely unproven. Well, I'd say think about this guy. It's an industry that over the last twenty years, the money has completely changed everything. Like you had wanted to be in broadcasting, the to get to do. A, become a broadcaster ultimately like once you hit the pinnacle calling a baseball game or NBA game or whatever like that in the 60s isn't that much different than today obviously maybe the television it's brought like the you're still calling the game right and that guy was always famous like that was a you become like the fans of the team watch that guy so the I guess how am I trying to what am I trying to say here like the money's changed, you make more money, but Marv Albert or Al Michaels calling something in the seventies, they wanted to get in it for the same reasons as a guy necessarily now, like ultimately just want to call the game. Now maybe there's quote unquote more fame, but I'd argue there's there's always been fame in that position. Is that correct? Yeah. Where in football, as an assistant coach, for example, or a G you know, assistant GM, were you really that famous in like the eighties or the nineties? No. Nowhere near what you are now and definitely nowhere near the money. And I all, always say that, like, I think some coaches, and I know this for a fact, when I was around Pat Hill and I was around Andy Reid, and both of them, Andy made a lot more than Pat, but when I was at Fresno State, Pat was one of the first million-dollar non-Power 5 coaches, wasn't he? Might have been the first. I remember that being a story. Oh, he was already making that by the time I got there, but I remember that was a big deal. Like, Pat, in the early 2000s, had got hit this number that no one at his level, you know, non pac Pac-12 level conference was making. And I just remember watching him approach the job as like he made nothing. Like he would always lock the doors on us, just do little shit. Because when he got into the profession, he was probably made, like his first ever job might have paid like 10 grand. I bet if you ask Andy Reid what, what he made at like San Francisco State back in like 1985, he'd be like 8,500. They, they never got into it. Bill Belichick, they did not get into it for the money. I think now, and you know, you see some of these college coaches, you're like, eh, the assistants, not the head guys. Are they really, what are they really in this for? Because there's so much money in it. And I think Kyle, 
I would imagine over the last decade was just around a lot of guys like, is this guy really in it like me? Like I was, I grew up, I don't need any of the fucking money. I'm in this cause I'm a junkie. And that's why if you think about who Kyle started working for John, they liked each other. Obviously look at the guys that have worked for him. Like him and Sean hit it off. Like just junkies. Yeah. And I think it's hard sometimes that like, does this guy want to become a GM because he loves picking players or because you immediately become really famous and become really rich. And that's hard to differentiate. You know, yeah, because I think part of it is I. There are some parallels in broadcasting, or I don't think anyone sits down and says, "I want to be a GM because I want to be famous and rich," right? But to your point about yourself, there's just different levels of do you love it enough, and then what really at the end of the day is motivating you to do your best? Because if what is motivating, I don't, I don't think you dream about that as a kid, but I think once you get into it and you see the guy above you, how much money he's that's what I mean. Once you're in it, but once you're in it. You probably, you do like it to some degree, but it's what is your motivation? If your motivation is to do it for the spotlight, then you're probably never going to, you're never going to work as hard as the person whose motivation is based on, you know, desperation, love, passion. Those things will always be a better fuel than the desire for recognition. I, I think there is consistently, like in sports, the more famous guys, and I, I think this works for any walk of life, the the richer and richer you get, and if you can still have the same drive and same work ethic, I have the utmost respect for you. Like if money truly doesn't matter to you anymore, like you've made millions of dollars, you do not ever think about how much does this house cost? How much does this private school cost for my kid? How much does a car, like you don't even think about cost. And you still work just like you did when you made $25,000. I think those people just in life are outliers. I mean, I and maybe sports is a little different, just the nature of the business, but you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, work just becomes work. People are like, oh, you, you get to talk about sports. Well, I don't necessarily look at that like that anymore. Maybe I did 10 years ago, or maybe like, you got to work in football. Yeah, it's cool on the outside when you're like in college, and then you do it, and it just becomes kind of your job, right? It's no different than like, I bet if you met some dude that's like works at Goldman Sachs VC, like you're locking up these big deals. And the guy's like, oh my God, I got to deal with this guy. I got to deal with this guy. Every person you meet in a different industry that kind of sounds cool to you, something that you could never or would never do, you always ask. And they always kind of give a similar interaction. Yeah, it's cool, you know, but God, I got to fucking deal with this guy. It's the same thing everywhere you go. Yeah, I mean, you do, but there are times you go, okay, this is pretty cool that homework is watch this game as opposed to study the spreadsheet. No, I know what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. But, but some guys at spreadsheet, like that becomes very natural then. The, it's like there are, easy absolutely, and they dominate. It's absolutely, there are things about every job you like and things about every job that you don't. And uh, we always think making the most money makes a job easier, but it doesn't necessarily work that way because when you're sitting at your desk grinding and you can't figure out how to f- fix your defense, the money in your bank account does not help you. Right? No. And if you're in it because you just want to win – then it definitely doesn't help you if you're in it for those reasons. It's how Kyle Shanahan could look miserable even though the only thing he has to, you know, he doesn't have to worry about his mortgage payment, right? But he's miserable because he wants to win football games, and he's not. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, there's, it's, it's, I don't know, man, the margins are so thin. There's so many different people at it trying to win at such a high level. There's so much money being invested. It's it's part of what makes it all so fascinating. It's because there's so many. Are there 32 head coaching jobs? Is that a lot? No. But how many people every day are pouring their heart and soul and the hours 
into trying to make sure that they get one punt coverage right because that can be the difference between making the playoffs and not. You got so many people that care, it makes it really high stakes. It makes it, it's part of what makes it fun. It's why, like, watching the Derby, like watching the Hormon Derby Monday night, Pete Alonso gave a fuck. And that, that's just not that other guys that compete don't care. I mean, Otani cared. You could tell he was putting a lot of pressure on himself. Pete, I thought everyone cared. Yeah, but I'm just saying, pe- people, everyone cares. Guys acting like they care while you're watching them do something makes it better. Pete Alonso yeah. was pounding his chest, yelling at the crowd, bobbing his head. Like, what? That makes it cool, knowing people care. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, he did financially, do you see that he makes like 600 grand? You get a million dollars if you win that. And he's won back to back years, so it's supplementing. It's financially, is a lot he's of not money supplementing for him. his income. His 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 one sixty two is the supplement. I, listen, I I was watching. I had on the other TV. I had on the home run derby, and then the NBA. I guess not the NBA. It's the USA game. Mm. Like speaking of care, you know, there's something about Team USA that's kind of symbolic what they're going through right now about the NBA, right? All these stars, no one really cares. Popovich hasn't really cared for a couple years. Pete Kerr, Steve Kerr chasing wins last year he fucking mailed it in it kind of honestly is very on brand and then you watch the baseball and you have it looked like Otani knew it was like the Super Bowl just the amount of people that were talking about him and he felt the pressure right when he I, went I over whatever his first 12 9 10 11 12 swings it was like oh my god like is this gonna be one of the great embarrassments five? of the home run derby <laughs> I know it's crazy but it wasn't, thank God. That's what part of what made it great was that he bounced back. I love it when pitchers, like when the when the dude throwing the BP is bad and everyone's well. That was one. Did you were you? Do you have the audio on for that? Where they were like, the guy throwing to Otani has not thrown to Otani in months. He's the first base coach for the Angels or something. I didn't catch yeah. that, but like that's a big deal. Plus Otani, it goes to show watching him. Like he's not trying to hit home runs. It's just his swing works. Um, I'll tell you this. I, I've, well, that's why everyone's like, he keeps rolling it over. Is that just his yeah, swing, though? He's stroking doubles into the corner. <laughs> he's not rolling it over. He's not grounding it to first. Yeah, well, then Pete Alonso admitted that uh, within the last couple weeks, before a game, like he got to the yard early, and they set it up with the timer, and he had gone and he through. he did it last year, too. Right? It, he was ready yeah, to roll. So. He had yeah, like he was, it felt like ten home runs his first ten swings or something like that. He was hitting a bombs. They, you think they juice the ball for that? No, I mean they don't. Have Obviously to. they're, they're in thin Denver, air, right? Yeah, they probably don't don't have to. I did see they signed some of the balls, and so like if you caught a home run ball, you might have caught it signed by that player. That was cool. Uh, I will say this: I said this a while ago during the NFL season, and I hadn't forgotten about it because I noticed it during the NBA playoffs. But I saw Big Cat tweet something about the. Uh, the photo, did you see the photo of the soccer game where it was like the guy dressed as Mario and his girlfriend dressed as pizza? No. And he's like, she was like, can I be Luigi? He's like, no, you got to be pizza. Uh, but the 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 slogan I've used ever since they started using this, like uh, the camera where it only focuses on what's really close and it blurs everything in the background. And people, the 8K yeah, people call whatever. it 8K. I don't think it's 8K. It's just a special, it's not an 8K lens. It's just a different close-up type lens i call it portrait mode because that's what it is it's basically you know it's like what portrait mode tries to be i don't like it i mean i think it's cool as shit and it makes it look like a video game but i don't really like it like i want to see what all the other stuff that's going on too and i don't need to just focus on the guy in the batter's box and blur everything out behind him my the slogan i've used since they started using is life happens in the background you know as someone who is 
you know, trying to vine since day one. I love seeing, I remember one time watching a basketball game, a breastfeeding mom in the third row. It's like, you just, yeah. st- all this, I posted a video the other day of that I found from like three years ago, Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline. They're showing him and like the equipment guy That's behind funny. him. That's like funny. you can't, yeah. let's not, people are addicted to that camera because Twitter told them it's awesome because it looks like a video game. I do not like it. I want less of it. It honestly kind of makes me almost kind of nauseous. Like it throws off my eyes. I don't like it. It's hard because everyone loves it because it look it does look really cool, but I don't like it, John. I'm out on I'm out on uh, portrait mode. I can take it in little doses. Did you feel like they were doing that a lot last like night? They've been doing a lot in the NBA playoffs on like fan cam. Well, they'll go. To, they, they do it a lot in like, the NBA. Do they do a lot in the NBA playoffs. I don't mind it in little doses, but I'm with you. Very little doses. Maybe. Like if a game is 100 percent, like under two percent. They're going to it too much. It feels like yeah, I, I agree. They do it in the NFL sometimes when a guy scores I think they and he's do walking yes. back to the sideline. Way too much. I remember the first game was it a Seahawks game or something. They did it, and people, everyone was like, this is amazing. And then it felt like they bought 500 of those cameras immediately. But I've never been a part of a broadcast. You know, once they get a new cool feature, they want to use cool. it, right? It is cool. But it's 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 you, you can't overdo it. Just like, you know, watching the NCAA tournament, they got the camera that goes back and forth on a string. It's like, it's cool in doses, but I don't want to watch a whole basketball game like that. I'm with you. I'm with you. But... That's just a little nitpick complaint by me. Back, 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 oh, back, back. I missed back. him. Was this the first? Did we not have him? I guess we didn't have a derby last year. I feel year. like, remember, he retired and like it was like he's not going to do anything except the derby. And he still did the derby a couple yeah. more years. Back, back, back. When you listen to social media and it felt like they were shitting on him toward the end, right? Get rid of him. Everyone on social media, and this has always been your complaint with the, you know, the extra you know, the flags in terms of the replay. Everyone always wants it. And then once we get it, we're like, ah, it's not as great as we thought it would be. Less fouls is better. You can't listen to, stop listening to every fucking person. Just like who's going to replace you. And they didn't have anyone to replace you. Cause who was doing it last night? Ravage. And he wasn't really even calling it. They were just watching it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do think Berman, you know, Chris was probably making a lot. This came at a time when ESPN was making cuts and I bet Chris was making a lot of money. He'd been there since day one. So, you know, but uh, I missed him. I missed him last night. Yeah, man. Because again, especially last night, it it felt like he needed to be there for that. He treated the Derby. We always made fun of him because we're like, not we always made fun of him, but he treated the Derby like it was bigger than everybody else thought. It should be like, dude, why are you making such a big deal about every home run? There's going to be 900 home runs tonight. But he treated it like it mattered. Plus somebody, after I tweeted a photo of him, somebody replied a photo of themselves and him at like, uh, Jimmy Buffett's in Mexico. They're like, oh, I met him at Jimmy Jimmy Buffett's in Mexico in like 07. He was awesome. And I said, we met him before, right before the pick at the stick. We met him on the sideline at Candlestick, and he was so cool. Every person I've ever met that has met him loves him because their interaction with him, he's never disappointed. What, what, how much time was left nice in the guy. game at the pick of the stick when we walked down there? Probably like five minutes or something? Well, they, they let you on the field with five minutes. Matt Ryan, I think, got the ball back. Yeah, probably three or four, but they were driving. So we must have maybe talked when to Navarro him during like a commercial break or something like that. Maybe maybe Navarro picked it off under the two-minute warning. Because it felt like they were driving and they were going like to almost walk it off. And then he picked it to the six to win the division. Or no, to make the playoffs. It was to make the playoffs. But I just remember Berman was just... We were walked up like, like, this is crazy. Like, oh, this is great, isn't it? You know, just had a normal conversation with the guy. When you talk about giving a shit, and listen, this guy is nuts... No one ever, when he was the coach for the Niners, and I even think at Michigan he's tried, tried really hard, no one ever questioned Harbaugh's give-a-shit level. 
because I'll never forget standing there looking down. And maybe I'd known this scene about practice. He wore cleats on game days. Cleats. He's a head football coach. He wore cleats, guy. When I, when I, yesterday, because I, because someone. Do you think there's a coach right now in college or the pros that wears cleats on game day? Cleats. No, although I did see that Cliff Floyd yesterday was doing some work for MLB Network. Wore cleats with his suit to do interviews. That's pretty good. Pat Hill used to get a tortoiseshell shop before game. <laughs> See, that's that's, that's incredible. <laughs> um, I w- it's funny you brought up the the cleats because I was thinking about that moment yesterday and just kind of like, what do I remember most about that play? That exact that play. And one was I remember the ball just being in the air for a split second, and, yeah. but I remember looking to the right because we were standing right by the play. So Navarro ran by us, going from our left to our right. I remember that. Looking to our right, I remember seeing Harbaugh take off more than I remember, more than I can picture Navarro running by us. He ran like 50 Jim ran like 50 yards. I'll never forget, once he scores, looking up yeah. and just seeing, it felt like an earthquake in the stadium. It was, that's the loudest stadium I've ever been in. That moment, you know, for that like probably 20 second stretch was, I would say as euphoric of a moment as you will get in the Bay Area, just for a 20-second stretch. Just that moment, Monday Night Football, the, the, it's dark, you know? Yeah, the state and the There's stadium cool itself job. is kind of dark. Yeah, it's just kind of shitty, but no one gives a shit. That's the one thing cool about, I think, back in the day. Now most stadiums are just so dulled up. There was just something like, I would say the late 2000s and then the mid-2010s, of still some of those candlesticks and kind of crappy stadiums still holding on that still had some rock to them, even though they had this billion-dollar operation. I guess Wrigley and Red Sox still exist, but in football, it feels like they're basically all You're gone, just there for right? business. You're just there to make... Ca- I'm oh, saying, like, the, the only thing we're there for is this game. <laughs> Play football. There's no sports book in the back. There's just this game. There's no, oh, what, what's going well, on? Now you go to my the fantasy <laughs> team? Uh, let me go look at the 800 TVs. I can check it on my fantasy team. Well, now you go to Levi's, you know, and I don't blame it. You know, Guido's got to show 17 guys around on the field that are all billion-dollar boosters. You got you got to worry about all the club seats, you know, all the sausages, the wines, and the curries ready to go. Then you got the game, but you also got the flyover, and you got Bon Jovi's going to open. You got the parking lot There's event. The you got camp- the event in the parking lot before the game. At Candlestick, it was just grimy. There was no space. The only thing they had to offer was the game. Do you remember the space as you walked through the halls? There was none. Was the halls. You couldn't move. I remember to get down to the field, you had to walk down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, through, a, through the, the stands. <laughs> like, I feel there's more space at the Coliseum than there was a candlestick between, like, uh, what do they call it? The undercourse or the... the Yeah, the concourse. The concourse. Yeah. I can't really even picture the concourse. I feel like there's a little sp- there's space at the Coliseum. Yeah. Feels like at least ten feet wide, and I remember it being tight yeah. at Candlestick, yeah. tight. Even just like going to get hot dog in the middle of it, like it was just. Let alone when people were leaving, that place was a dump. I'd say that place was a bigger dump than the Coliseum, but I could be wrong. At least on par, they were at, at, at worst. They were yeah, equals. I don't know. You know the. Toilets backing up never became a story at Candlestick that I'm aware of. So, the yeah, to- maybe they had better plumbing. I'm, I'm just yeah. talking about the external. The experience, the concrete, the experience to the attend. Seats. Yeah. The seats. <laughs> the experience to attend. The food sucked, I'm sure. The, remember, the press box was fucking terrible. Not that anyone no, cares. cares. But 
Levi's press box, unreal. Uh, off to the not centered, but no one's press box is centered anymore for the media. Yeah, a little high. But yeah, it's high, but you know the food's really good, so it offsets. It feels sweet. All right. Uh, on that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody, on the YouTube. Thanks for hanging on the pod. Get your mailbag questions in. Get in the DraftKings game if there's any spots left. As we wrap this up, I'm not sure. And uh, until next time, we'll see you, a, we'll see you soon. I, I bet. I bet we're full. All right. Full. Full? All right. Peace. Good. Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.